a rare piece of Apple history associated with Steve Jobs has recently been sold for an eye-watering amount at an auction. This comes after a month after rare Apple sneakers made in the 1990s for employees were put up for auction for a mammoth amount of 40 lakhs. All the sneakerheads imagine 40 lakhs is a huge amount. This time, it's a handwritten letter. Hello and welcome to the iGeeks blog show, an Apple exclusive podcast. I'm your host Shashanki and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the very iconic Steve Jobs. If you're not connected with us on our social media channels, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe. The links are in the description. If you want to connect with me, just hit me up on Instagram, Harshanki with an extra I. So, a handwritten ad by Apple's former CEO, Steve Jobs, has been sold for $175,000. That is approximately 1.4 crores, according to the Boston-based PR auction. The original handwritten advertisement is for Apple One Computer, penned entirely by Steve Jobs himself. The document reveals Steve Jobs' meticulous attention to detail and entrepreneurial foresight, as well as his humble beginnings in his parents' garage. The advertisement sheet bears Steve Jobs' full signature in lowercase print, Steve Jobs. It features his contact information, including his parents' home address and a phone number. Historically, the original headquarters of the Apple Computer Company. The draft highlights the technical specifications of the groundbreaking Apple One, which was designed to utilize a 6800, 6501 or a 6502 microprocessor. Steve Jobs recommends the 6501 or 6502 due to the availability of basic software. He also notes that Apple One's capacity for full expandability to 65K via an edge connector housing 58 integrated circuits, including 16 for 8K RAM. Interestingly, the draft makes mention of basic on-the-way ROM, a concept that would eventually materialize in Apple II rather than the Apple One. Perhaps most captivating is the price point Steve Jobs cites in the draft. A modest $75 for board only plus manual, what he deems is a real deal. This handwritten ad matches the original advertisement for the Apple One, initially published in July 1976 edition of the Interface magazine. And this marked the initial public step of Apple's journey from a modest garage-based startup to its evolution as one of the world's most influential and valuable corporations. The auction package also includes two original color glossy Polaroid photographs taken at the bite shop in Mountain View, California. These images portray a fully assembled Apple One computer board accompanied by a keyboard and monitor. An Apple One computer screen is also displayed, showcasing an Apple Basic program. Annotations by Jobs on one of the photos provide an intimate glimpse, where he humorously knows that image is fuzzy because the camera wiggled. The auction also featured several other prominent items, such as fully operational Apple One computer signed by Steve Wozniak for $223,000, a Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak signed 1976 Apple computer check number two for $135,000, and a factory sealed generation 8 GB iPhone for $55,000. Hardly anyone knew Steve Jobs as well as the software engineer Andy Hartswell who was a leading member of the original Apple development team. As he puts it, Steve Jobs is convinced he was special. One of the chosen ones. He thinks there are few people who are special. 
people like Einstein and Gandhi and the gurus he met in India. And he for sure is one of them. Repair and guru. On several occasions, job stressed. I never wanted to be a businessman. Because all the businessmen I knew, I didn't want to be like. He saw himself primarily as an artist, a rebel and a guru. As every day passes, the work 50 people are doing here is going to send a giant ripple through the universe. It was with words such as these that he motivated his team of developers. He inspired his employees by instilling in them the idea that they weren't just looking for any old company designing and producing useful products for consumers, but that they were a part of a greater mission. The founder of Microsoft, Bill Gates, ended up as one of Jobs' fiercest rivals, although they did collaborate closely for a number of years. Gates once observed, Steve was in ultimate Pipe Piper mode, proclaiming how the Mac will change the world and overworking people like crazy, with incredible tensions and complex personal relationships. Jobs uttered one of his most legendary sentences in 1983, when he succeeded in convincing John Scully, president of the Pepsi-Cola division of PepsiCo, to become Apple's new CAO. Do you want to spend the rest of your life selling sugared water, or do you want to change the world? Jobs asked. That's literally all it took, making a dent in the universe. Another programmer and an early employee remembers the world Jobs used to persuade him to join Apple. We're inventing the future. Think about surfing the front edge of a wave. It's really exhilarating. Now think about dog paddling at the tail. End of that wave. It wouldn't be anywhere near as much fun. Come down here and make a den in the universe. These are the kind of words you would expect to hear from a guru, not a corporate leader. In fact, make a dent in the universe is one of Jobs' favorite go-to formulations. Apple employees were like members of a religious community or sect. Jobs was their guru and consumers were the followers of a vision that would change the world. Jobs created an equally legendary moment at the launch of the new iMac in 1998. His biographer, Walter Isaacson, describes it as follows. The product debut was an epochal event, climaxed by a let there be light moment, in which the sky is part. A light shines down, angels sing, and a chorus of the chosen faithful song, Hallelujah. For Jobs, the high point of 1984 was the launch of Macintosh, which was accompanied by a striking television ad campaign. The Macintosh was not advertised as a new, attractive product. It was cast as a heroic warrior in the final battle between good, Apple and its followers, and the embodiment of even, IPM. The ad featured a rebellious young woman on the run from the Orwellian thought pillars and throwing a sledgehammer at the big screen, broadcasting a mind-controlling speech from the big brother. Jobs styled the company's new computer and its buyers as resistance warriors the last line of defense standing in the way of the big evil corporation's plan for world domination and total mind control. Quite ironic, Apple now dominates the world. In a good way though, in a good way. Don't, don't take it offense here. During his keynote product presentation, Job issued a battle cry. It's now 1984. It appears that IBM wants it all. Apple is perceived to be the only hope to offer IBM a run for its money. Dealers, after initially welcoming IBM with open arms, now fear an IBM-dominated and controlled future and are turning back to Apple as the only force who can ensure the future freedom. IBM wants it all. 
and is aiming its gun and its last obstacle to industry control. Will Big Blue dominate the entire computer history? The entire information age? Was George Orwell right? Once again, this is not the kind of speech corporate leaders normally gave. This was far more than the rallying cry of the leader of a revolution against a totalitarian state. Steve Jobs portrayed competition between Apple and IBM as a struggle for freedom and against mind control. And he clearly positioned himself as the self-styled leader of the rebellion. Apple's PR was all about Steve. Jobs was dominated to position himself as a great designer and become famous for the design of his products. Jonathan Johnny Ive, Apple's chief designer and one of Jobs' closest confidants, reports that Jobs often talked about ideas that came from Ives and his team, as if Jobs himself had come up with them. As Ive confesses, he kept detailed records of precisely who had come up with which idea first and explains that it hurts when he would take credit for one of my designs. In the biography of Jobs, Brent and Rick Tedselli write that over the length of his career, he'd neglected to share credit for Apple's success in the press. Whenever journalists asked to interview other Apple employees for articles they were writing, the requests were always turned down. Jobs didn't want to share his fame with anyone or anything, not even his own products. Towards the end of 1982, he was convinced that Time magazine was going to crown him as the man of the year. But it wasn't Jobs who ended up on the cover of magazine. It was the computer that was chosen as the machine of the year. Jobs was devastated not to have chosen on the time cover. They FedExed me the magazine, and I remember opening the package. Thoroughly expected to see my mug on the cover. And it was this computer sculpted thing. I thought, huh? Jobs was so dismayed at not making out the cover that he actually cried. Imagine. Physically, the man cried. This clearly demonstrates the difference between Jobs, to whose self-marketing was incredibly important, and Tim Cook, his successor at Apple, who once admitted, some people resent the fact that Steve gets credit for everything. But frankly, I've never given a rat's ass about that. I'd prefer my name never be in the paper. A different decision. When Jobs returned to Apple in 1997, the company was in a desperate situation. Michael Dell, the billionaire founder of the eponymous PC business, was asked how he would do if he were put in charge of Apple. I'd shut it down and give the money back to shareholders. That says a lot about Steve Jobs, that his first move as Apple's CEO was to commission the same advertising agency that had been so successful with the 1984 ad, $100 million advertising campaign. So even before he had any new attractive products to launch, his strategy was to reaffirm his company's brand image with a campaign that didn't promote a specific product, but a philosophy. This ad campaign demonstrates just how strongly Jobs believed in the effectiveness of marketing and PR. The theme of the campaign was Think Different, and every print ad featured a black and white portrait of a noteworthy historic figure. Albert Einstein, Mahatma Gandhi, John Lennon, Bob Dylan, Pablo Picasso, the Dalai Lama, Thomas Edison, Charlie Chaplin, and Martin Luther King. These were Jobs' role models, creative mavericks who had the courage to swim against the current, who both resisted and shaped the zeitgeist at the same time. Jobs referred to his own brand, and thus to himself, as the guru of the Apple movement. In the same breath as great historical figures, freedom fighters, and artists. 
People often say that Steve Jobs didn't do anything in the company except marketing. Even if it is so, he absolutely nailed it. There is no way you can make so many revolutionary products presented in a way that they literally become the best products that the world has ever seen in the last century and are sold in auctions for thousands and thousands of its value. I mean, even a letter, like just an advertisement handwritten letter goes for 1.4 crore. So whatever that man did is sheer genius. Jobs always believed in a few things. And to summarize this episode, let's just end it by that. He believed in selling emotions. The man said he's never going to use physical products or mention the specifications or do a detailed chart and rather sell emotions. He focused on building a community around the products, showing who you're making the product for, making it frictionless. And one more thing, customers above everything else. What do you think about Steve Jobs and the letter and everything that this man did? Isn't he charismatic? I just love obsessing. I am a nerd for Steve Jobs and the way his brain functions. I wish there was a technique which would allow us to dig deeper into these brains, right? Understand them better. I hope we have that in the future. But for now, this is it. Amidst the last few weeks of constant rumors, where we were hearing about the iPhone or the new Apple Watch or the new MacBook or the new iPad, this is his time to remember the father of it all. I'm Hashanki signing out. I'm going to see you guys next week with more exciting content, hopefully giving you some last-minute rumors about Apple. So don't forget to tune into the iGeeks blog show. Keep following us. We're available everywhere as iGeeks blog. And you know where to find me on Instagram. Sayonara.